Hello everyone and welcome to the Business of PT podcast. I'll be your host, JT Moore. In this podcast, we will be interviewing successful physical therapists and learning about their stories in the field of PT. We will discuss a variety of topics such as entrepreneurship, careers, and pathways in physical therapy, as well as important characteristics in becoming a great PT. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you liked it, make sure to subscribe to get updates when new podcasts are released. Thanks, everyone. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. Today, we have the pleasure of having Scott Dickinson with us. He's the creator of Next Level Device. He works at Excel Physical Therapy and Fitness in Chalfont, Pennsylvania. He has also completed a residency in orthopedics at the University of Delaware and recently sat for the OCS exam and passed. Congratulations, Scott, and thanks for coming on to the podcast. Thanks, JT. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's funny, the uh, the OCS exam, you, you take it in March and uh, then you sit on your hands for three months and wait to figure out if you passed. And, uh, you know, that, that date just rolled around. And so uh, I'd almost forgotten I took the test. It was so long. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize how long that goes. That's, I'm sure that's a, a hard process to wait out. Yeah, I mean, a month goes by and then all of a sudden it just, it just drops out of your mind. So I guess it wasn't too bad. There we go. Well, congratulations. Um, and would you be able to go ahead and kind of introduce yourself to the audience and give a little background on yourself? Yeah. So my name is Scott Dickinson. I'm a physical therapist and an athletic trainer. And then like JT said, my most recent endeavor is inventing a, a neck rehabilitation device called the Next Level Device. And so, you know, to, to back up a little bit, um, coming out of high school, I knew I wanted to go to physical therapy school uh, coming out of an experience with I had with my ankle. So I had an ankle surgery in high school and that took me out of uh, competitive sports. And, you know, I, I guess I was always a wannabe high level athlete uh, with college sports aspirations. And so, uh, you know, that didn't happen. But in that process, I was exposed to physical therapy, which I was in for, you know, nine months. So I got a really good look at it perhaps too good of a look. And, uh, and so I wanted to kind of steer myself towards there. I had always had flirtations with, with medical school. And um, so I, I knew I wanted to go into the science route, the medicine route. And, uh, you know, my physical therapist recommended I do athletic training as an undergrad, because that'll get my hands on patients and athletes the fastest, just to see if I like it. And uh, that was fantastic advice, it turns out. And so I did athletic training at the University of Pittsburgh. And so I got to work with division one athletes on the, the pit football team, the pit baseball team. And so, you know, these are relationships that I've formed and I still have today. And uh, it also, you know, opened my eyes to what it's like to, to work and talk and treat patients. And it, it seemed good to me. I didn't know if I wanted to work in outpatient orthopedics or, you know, with a professional sports team, college team, whatever. Uh, but at that time, I, you know, it was, it was enough um, impetus for me to go to, to physical therapy school. And so I applied and I, I got into my dream school at the University of Southern California. I had just finished up four years in the cold and sometimes dreary Pittsburgh, and I was ready for a big change. And so I, I you know, I switched to the other side of the country and went out to the University of Southern California. And uh, three years later, um, doctor of physical therapy. After that, uh, like you mentioned, I, I jumped right back to the East Coast and I started a, an orthopedic residency at the University of Delaware. Um, I, you know, it, it's been remarkable because if you look at the, the top PT schools in the country, uh, you know, 
Pitt, USC, and the University of Delaware are, are all on that list. And it's just funny how that worked out. It's, you know, I don't know if it's a reflection of me or just uh, my desire to always be around the, the best people and the best minds. And so, uh, you know, here we are. It's, it's, it's funny to look back at that. Yeah, that is awesome. No, you definitely had great exposure to great physical therapy programs. Um, and yeah, I kind of wanted to know, so once you kind of got out there and like, why did you decide to gain that additional experience of an OCS? And what are some of the benefits that has brought to you already in your career? Yeah, it's something that I thought about a lot. And the University of Southern California does a really good job as you're going through the PT program of exposing you to what a residency looks like, because they have residents coming in and teaching you in your classes. And so you're looking at these gods, the residents, they're, they're through PT school, they're doctors of physical therapy, and they're getting specialized training in something that they're interested in. So, you know, for example, the orthopedic clinical specialty or the ortho resident people would be teaching us analytical anatomy and they'd be in our clinical, uh, you know, hands-on skills classes. And so you're, you know, you're, you're interacting with these people and, and, you know, so you're getting exposed to it very early on uh, in the PT school process. And that's something I'm not sure is happening across the nation when you look at PT schools. And so that was always something that was put in front of us. And so I knew pretty early on that that was the next step for me. Uh, one thing that I felt coming out of PT school and, you know, specifically in my third year of uh, treating uh, as a student where, you know, you're starting to feel a little bit more independent, right? So your CEI is trusting you a little bit more. And so you, you start to realize how vulnerable you are. You start to realize that if, if you miss a diagnosis or if you treat someone poorly, you know, you're at risk, you know, things can go bad. And so I had this kind of paranoia in my head that said, you know, you know, are you ready for this? Are you sure you're ready to go off and treat independently with, with, uh, with a general population? And so for me, it was an obvious decision to, to go to residency where I knew that I would get specific one-on-one -on -one mentoring from people with a lot of experience. I know that I, you know, I would have people to bounce my ideas off of and, and sit down with and do case reviews and, and talk about any specific problematic, you know, uh, patient case that I was going through. And so just having the support of that around me, and they say that, you know, doing a residency in, for one year is five years of experience. Uh, who knows if that's true? But at the end of the year of residency, I, I certainly felt more comfortable treating independently. And uh, here we are a year later um, of, of treating out in the, in the real world without specific oversight. Yeah, I'm sure. From everybody that I've talked to that has gotten their OCS, the amount of kind of because going through PT school, obviously, we're, coming, we're, we're taught to be general therapists. But to really, if you want to specify and really get deep into that, into that setting that you want to get in, doing those residencies have been so beneficial. And they've said that, like, it's just really accelerated their learning, kind of like what you said, like five years of experience. Now, I don't know. That's something that I've really has really got me intrigued in, in residencies and the benefit of it to be able to really, if you want to become good at something, really go to that next level and gain that. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, yeah. And I kind of wanted to know what is a typical day look like for you right now? How is everything going? Like, how does you, like your day, how could you give a little bit of like kind of a glimpse into your day for all the audience? Yeah, I guess I should, you know, introduce the, the company that I've been working on as, as well. Um, so I, I've started a company around this invention of mine. It's called the, the Next Level Device. And so my company is Next Level LLC. And so, you know, I have both work as a physical therapist where I'm in an outpatient orthopedic clinic in uh, just outside of Philadelphia. 
And then I also run this business where, uh, you know, I'm trying to sell and, and get this next level device out to the world. And, uh, you know, it's, it's funny, the timing of this, uh, this recording, I, I launched the device to the public yesterday. So everything was opened up, you know, so I, you know, I'm posting on all the social media, the website's unlocked, all the YouTube videos are up. So there's so much media online now about the device. And that literally all started yesterday. So this is, uh, this podcast is coming at a, at a big transition period in, in my life because, you know, prior to yesterday, no one knew I was an inventor. No one knew I owned my own business. I was just a physical therapist. So, you know, I'm going through this little uh, identity crisis inside where, uh, you know, how are people going to perceive you? You know, this is a big shift for me. And uh, yeah, you, you know, you certainly feel vulnerable because, you know, you're putting yourself out there and you don't know how people are going to respond. Um, but, you know, it it's been no surprise to me that I have very good friends and a, and a great support system. And so everyone's been super supportive as of yesterday. And, you know, I'm, I'm still running off of this high from launching the device yesterday. Um, but, you know, to your question, a, a day in the life, it, it's probably not that um, ideal to, to look at from a, from an outsider's perspective, you know, it, it's not glamorous. Uh, you know, I wake up at 4:15, 4:30 in the morning, and then I, you know, I have my coffee and then I, I get to work for, for two hours on the next level device and the company and, you know, whatever it has to be that day, whether it's, you know, video editing or shooting an interview or, you know, product design, whatever it is, uh, then I have, I have two hours for that. Then I have my breakfast and go off to work where I work, you know, nine hours treating patients all day. I come home, I, I slurp some dinner up and then I have, you know, another two, three hours of, of work before I go to bed at, at 10 p.m. And I've found that the, you know, the sweet spot for sleep is around six hours for me. And so, you know, it's a jam-packed day and uh, that doesn't come without its sacrifices, you know, it, you know, friends and family and, uh, you know, my puppy, all these things I don't get to spend as much time with. And, you know, that's, uh, that's just what it takes. I'm, I'm committed to, the, to getting this thing off the ground. Yeah, no, I, I mean, obviously, like the, the diligence and that discipline to be able to get up every morning and work on something that you obviously care so much about it is so key, I think, in becoming a successful entrepreneur. And I, I just kind of wanted you to know, I kind of explained it a little bit um, about the next level device. I kind of wanted to know how you came up with that idea, when along your like PT career did you think of that idea, and just the, how has processes has kind of come out for you? Yeah. So, you know, the idea was uh, very uh, separate from the, uh, you know, the initial putting a prototype together. So there was a lot of time between the two, uh, just because, you know, I'm a baby and I was scared about, you know, trying out this idea. And so I put it on the back burner for a long time. I thought about the idea uh, in PT school. Uh, I had a a mentor who I, you know, I look up to as like a God, he's this fellowship of manual therapy trained orthopedic clinical specialist. He, he taught at the University of Southern California for decades. And then I got to work underneath him at his clinic. And, you know, he would do these, uh, these manual treatment uh, learning uh, evenings where you'd, it was called sips and minips. So you'd have a little bit of alcohol and you'd do a little bit of manipulations and you'd, you know, you'd practice all your hands-on techniques and so he taught me this, uh, this manual technique, you know, to get technical, uh, he taught me this manual technique where you're, you're stabilizing, you know, in the cervical spine, you're stabilizing C2 and you're rotating C1 on top of a stable C2. And it was a way to improve mobility in the upper cervical spine. 
And I, I just love this technique. And so I started using it on my patients for anyone with, you know, stiff suboccipitals or anything like that tension up high. And so the patients loved it. I loved doing it. I was like, Oh my God, if only I could find a way to bring this to people at home, like, how can I, how can I offer this technique to people when I'm not around? And so that was the, uh, the generation of, um, of the idea, like, how can I figure out a way to get this to, to home? And so what's funny about that is uh, the, the idea there is very, very uh, different from what ended up being the, you know, the, the model that we look at today. So you know, there were so many iterations in the prototype and uh, you know, that specific manual technique has kind of been let go of as the inspiration for the device. And what we have now is a, is a neck strengthening and, and mobility device. So if you haven't seen it, it's this low friction sliding platform where a patient or you will lie down on your back and your head rests on the, uh, the device similar to where you'd position a pillow. And then you can turn your head really comfortably. And one of the design challenges for me was making sure that this platform moving back and forth was buttery smooth. Like JT, have you been on it? Yeah, I definitely tried it. And yeah, just totally smooth. Yeah. So that was so important. So that was a nice design challenge. And so then, okay, now we have this device where you can turn your head back and forth. You know, you're out of gravity, right? Because you're supine. So your neck muscles, the gravity, your discs, nothing's being compressed. You know, you can comfortably turn back and forth. And then you add on these resistance bands whenever you want to do strengthening. And so now you can now you can perform some exercises where with your patient where they don't feel like they're doing something really weird. Because I don't know about you, JT, but the, the available neck exercises prior to like a year ago, I was just appalled. Like, you know, you'd see people wrapping a resistance band around their head and then like pulling the resistance band or pushing their head into a wall with like a, a partially deflated ball. Like it was an ugly scene. And so that, that was extremely motivating for me to develop something that felt a little bit more legitimate for both the physical therapist or the chiropractor. And then on the other side for the patient. Yeah, no, it's definitely like definitely is a very official looking. And that's what I so a little bit of background. I was exposed to next level device at one of my clinical rotations um, during like the didactic portion of my program. And I thought it was really interesting. And then my CA was like, oh, actually, yeah, one of my my friends in PT school created this. And so I got really intrigued by it because um, it definitely was like something that we used and like being able to work on it. You can definitely tell that you're strengthening those 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 neck muscles and everything right there. And I was like, okay, how did he go about this? I was just really intrigued and I wanted to know more. And I thank you for sharing that. Thank you for kind of explaining those ideas, how it came to mind. And I kind of wanted to elaborate on that. Were you ever interested in becoming kind of that entrepreneur and inventor prior to PT school? Had that like, had that mindset ever been there or how did that kind of develop for you? Yeah, it's, it's funny because, uh, you know, since opening up this business, I, I realized that I need to become a business person. And, you know, I, I certainly wasn't that growing up. Like you hear these stories of entrepreneurs where they're, you know, they grow up selling anything they can and, you know, they're picking flowers and selling it back to the person's house. It's just ridiculous. That was not me growing up at all. Like I was not this like uh, entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial spirited young boy. Um, I didn't really care about money that much. Like, you know, I, I, I didn't really care about having a job if I didn't need to. I worked as a lifeguard for, you know, five summers just because it was there and it was a little bit of money. But so, you know, I was not this born and bred entrepreneur that people certainly think of. And, uh, you know, I, like I, you know, like I mentioned, I, I wanted to go into physical therapy because I like to 
treat patients. I like to work with people. Uh, I wasn't so much concerned with starting a business or an invention or anything like that, but I've always been an ideas guy. And, you know, ideas come very easily to me uh, for good or bad. And uh, I've been poor at execution across my life. And I have all these ideas and I will often let them flop where, you know, it's funny. I'm on this podcast now. One of my first ideas that I really actually put a little bit of effort into was a podcast when I was in, in PT school. It was called the Stalling Podcast. It's not available online, so hopefully nobody has to search for it. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my brother were both kind of like, you know, what can we do? Uh, you know, the Stalling Podcast, this could represent us where we are right now in life, where, you know, my brother didn't know what he wanted to do. You know, he's uh, like, do I go to med school? Do I go to law school? Whatever. He was in college. And then I was in PT school and I was like, which, which route should I take? Should I go to orthopedics or sports or geriatrics? And so it was funny. We call it the stalling podcast because we were both kind of stalling in life, not knowing what we wanted to do. And so, you know, that idea flopped uh, for me right after the first recording of the episode. Like I just hated editing it. And then all of a sudden I just let that idea pass. And so, you know, I, this is, this is a, I have a history of ideas with lack of execution so, it, you know, it is, it is really nice to, to think that I've, I've invented this device where it came from just an idea. And now here we are a few years later, and I have an actual product that I'm selling to, uh, to everyone, you know, an NFL team just bought the device. So like this idea went from, you know, something in my head that I was scared to, to, to put out into the world to, you know, perhaps the most legitimate thing entity in the world buying it, it, you know, it's very, very validating. And so, uh, no, I wasn't an entrepreneur. No, I didn't have plans to invent, but I, uh, I did have this idea and, uh, luckily I decided to, to pursue it. And, uh, I, I gotta say it's, it's been the ride of my life. I'm having a fantastic time. Um, it, it feels like that high level athlete that I always wanted to be, you know, I always wanted to go out and compete with people and compete with myself. And, you know, here we are, what, what better place to do it than as an entrepreneur and as an inventor trying to bring something to the world. Yeah, that is awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And I totally agree with you. Like when you have an idea, like I, I feel like I have some, like a lot of ideas sometimes, and then you figure out a way, oh, th well, this wouldn't be realistic for this, or, oh, I can't do it because of, like, at least that's how I found myself too. And the same thing with the podcast. I was like, you know, I want to be able to learn more about, about entrepreneurship, about business, about like all these different things of PT that we get a little bit of exposure in during PT school, but obviously because of the circumstance that we're in, we can't get deep into. And so I wanted to create it. And then I, I told my wife about it. And then I was like, I had mentioned it to some friends and then I was like, uh, like I looked up making a podcast and I felt a little bit overwhelmed. Like oh, I don't have any of this equipment, all these things and kind of like backed off for a second. And then like my wife kind of gave me a little, a little nudge. Like, Hey, what about that? Like podcast that you're thinking of? And so then I was like, okay, well, I'll ask this thing for my birthday. And then like, I got like, like a little bit of equipment and then I started like just slowly getting it. And then just now that I've like started doing it, it's been so fun and so enjoyable. And I think that's something that's so important that I've learned is like, you got to try. Like, even if you like, like strike out and at least you're trying and you're having a great experience and like, you've learned so much from that. Like I'm, I've learned so much in this little time of creating this podcast that I feel like I can apply to so many future goals and, and endeavors that I want to do. So I totally agree with you right there. Like it's definitely a process to be scary sometimes to try something new, but it's cool. Like it's such a fulfilling thing to be able to have success with it. And yeah. I kind of wanted to, to know a little bit more about kind of the whole, it's been a timeline. It's been um, 
like a lot of learning steps throughout you said from what I learned, um, kind of learning everything about the next level device is that the first prototype had to do kind of with the skateboard, if I understand correctly. And so I just kind of wanted to know, could you explain a little bit about that and how that's changed over time and to where it's to where it is now and everyone, um, you can obviously check that out and you'll be able to see, it doesn't look like a skateboard. It's, it's a lot different now. So I kind of wanted to know like what, what happened in that whole process throughout. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny. And, and I should mention the fact that, you know, I live at home with my parents, you know, I'm, I'm single, I live at home with my parents. I moved back in after I came to the East Coast again for residency. And, uh, you know, this is not a glamorous life from the outside. You know, I, I think, you know, entrepreneurial, you know, Instagrams or whatever look pretty, uh, look pretty amazing from the outside. And, that's not the experience I've had. I'm still waiting to get on that private jet or whatever. Uh, so, you know, I live with my parents and uh, obviously that keeps rent cheap. And so I can funnel as much money as I, as I can into this business. Um, but yeah, so, you know, the first prototype, I'm, I'm living with my parents. I just moved back in and I, uh, I lie down on, my, on the linoleum floor in our kitchen. And I, and I have a history of a, as a bit of a skateboarder. And so I, you know, I grabbed my skateboard and I was like, would this work? Like, I feel like this should be a thing where, you know, you're turning your head back and forth and, but it's able to stay in there in the same spot, right? Like, so if you lie on a pillow, it's going to roll back and forth, but if you have a skateboard underneath you, it'll move and then your head can stay on the same plane, right? So I'm like, okay, this, this is going to feel weird. So I lie down on my back. I got a couple of couch cushions and put those on the floor so that my head wasn't all the way up in flexion, right? So I, I raised my torso height. So I got these couch cushions on the kitchen floor. I put the, the skateboard, uh, you know, perpendicular to my spine under my head. And this rough grip tape is underneath my hair and I'm turning back and forth. And uh, well, firstly, it worked like this, this board slid underneath me and I was able to comfortably turn back and forth. And I was like, okay, now I need a towel. I need something to make a little bit of cushion between my head and this grip tape. So I put this soft towel between that. And I was like, wow, this is, uh, this is kind of remarkable. And then the next you know, stage of vulnerability goes to there's, there's no way that someone hasn't invented this yet, right? Like this is so stupidly simple. How is this not out on the market yet? Like this felt comfortable. You know, I'm sure someone can make this way better than this skateboard. And so then you start searching Google and you search the, you know, the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office's data database so you can search through, you know, prior patents that are that are published and and, you know, nothing was there. I was like, what? This hasn't been invented yet. Like it was almost like insulting. Like I was like, how has some PT or chiropractor not figured out that this is like a comfortable way to stretch the head back and forth? And so. Ever since then, it was like, all right, you know, this is not going to sell. This skateboard is definitely not going to sell. So I need to, you know, make an actual design. I need to prototype this thing. And so, you know, the evolution of the prototypes, it, it's so funny looking back because it's, uh, it was just so ugly early on. Like I, 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 uh, I'll make a blog post on, on nextlevel.com at some point. And I'll, I'll walk everyone through the, the generations, but you know, the first one was a skateboard. And then, uh, then I tried to mount the skateboard trucks to a base and then have a deck that slid back and forth. And so, you know, that flopped because the deck just falls all over the place. I was like, okay, I need stability. I need to be able to move this design around and then plop it down on any surface. And then it has to be able to go back and forth. And so I found the, um, if you've ever used a, a indoor rowing machine, 
there's the the seat for your butt it slides back and forth and this thing is buttery smooth like these wheels sliding back and forth there's like no friction and of course you can't take the seat off and i was like okay there we go that's going to be the next prototype and so i was going to buy like a steel i-beam and then have this seat where you're going to lie your head on top of that and so that was dumb and so you know then it's uh you know you, <laughs> you get the smooth surfaces from the i-beam and then you, you know, buy the trucks and the wheels and so then i had this rowing machine roller system where people lie down on this thing like my neighbors my parents my friends and they're like, oh my God, this thing is so smooth. Like, how did you make it this smooth? I was like, thank you, rowing companies. That's how I did it. And so, you know, I couldn't make that design look good. And, you know, fast forward like nine months, like I was really trying to push this ugly, clunky looking device. Like, you know, you're, you're so, you know, I guess it's like, you don't know how ugly your baby is because you're, you're blind to it. Uh, if you have an ugly baby or whatever. And so I had no idea. Like I was just so ignorant to the fact that this thing would never sell. And luckily enough, people were like, dude, you need to, you need to go back to the drawing board on this. And so I, you know, I did. And um, the, the, the current design now, if, if you look at it, um, it's very similar to this rowing seat technology where there's these wheels, you know, these smooth ball bearings with wheels. And then there's a flanged wheel where that prevents it going off the track. And so there are all these design challenges with developing it. But um, where we are now is, is not that different from one of the earlier prototypes. And now I just, then I just had to make it look good. And so that has been a, a really interesting experience for me because I've never been a product designer. Uh, I feel like I, th I know what looks good but I didn't know how to make something look good, right? Like I could identify something that looked aesthetically pleasing, but now it was like, all right, it's your job to create it. And so luckily I, uh, the 3D printing technology right now is, is unbelievable. It makes prototyping something so stupidly easy compared to what it used to be. Like, I feel so bad for people 50, 60 years ago, whatever, that had to develop a physical device without a 3D printer. Like this thing is a cheat code. I have it running in, in my basement right now. This thing you can rapidly prototype at almost zero upfront cost. And so this is how, still to this date, I'm, I'm producing a lot of the parts on the device and they look beautiful. You can put your logo on them. You can shape them in any way you want any color you want. And so we have this, uh, this, what I'd argue is a, a pretty aesthetically pleasing device now. And, uh, you know, I, I have 3d printers, 3d printers to thank. And then I should mention that I've had a lot of design help from engineers. And so th this, this path has been so amazing for me because I've came across and gotten to work with just brilliant people who are kind enough to offer their services for free. And, you know, that is amazing. Like if, if you're going into this, this world, trying to invent something, be very, very cautious early on throwing thousands of dollars at, at people or companies or anything like that to develop something for you. I feel like you should stay as close as you can and use your entire network, squeeze every last drop out of it and see what you can get. Like there's a, there's a company or an organization called SCORE, which is a volunteer organization of retired executives. And so those guys, and I meet with them regularly still, those guys will give you business advice. And so there are so many ways to avoid, you know, the thousand dollar purchase, which, you know, over that, you know, over $500,000, I'm like, wait, am I really doing this correctly? Is this the right call? And so I, I've just had so much amazing help and I've gotten it all for free 
by my network and, and by just being genuine and, you know, thanking people when they help me and then they refer me on to their next friend. And, you know, it's, it's just been a, an amazing process. I, I have a lot of people to thank and the device that you'll see on nextlevel.com or our Instagram, it is not my doing, right? There are so many people that, that put their ideas into that product and to say that was on me would be a, a total lie. That is awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Like, yeah, it's cool to be able to, to hear your story of, of where you initially started kind of just laying on that linoleum tile in your, in your kitchen to be able to get to the process of where you're at and all the things that you learned along the way. I think that is really cool to, to see like that and that you did everything kind of in-house. Like you said, like obviously you, you've used your network and used those connections that you've created to really have that idea and work step-by-step step through it. That is something that I think is, it makes it so unique and kind of like what you said, it's like your baby, like you care about it so much and you, and you w- want that success for it because you put that work in. Um, I kind of wanted to know what are some of the important things that you learned along the way in creating a product for PT specifically and bringing it to market now? What are some of those key takeaways that you've gotten throughout that you're like, wow, this is something really valuable that I didn't really know at the time? Oh my gosh, there's, there's so much. Like, I don't even know where to start. One thing that people should know is that it is not a glamorous path and you are going to eat poop for a long time, right? Like there is, there is going to be very little dopamine running through your brain for a long time before that reward system is hit because you did something well or somebody liked something, right? Like you are going to be in the trenches for days, weeks, months, years. I don't know. Uh, until you, you have something that it, you, you get some positive feedback on, right? So you need to have thick skin and you need to be, you know, confident patient like this is not going to happen over a day or a week like uh luckily i I just have a mindset that i'm okay with this process and i'm okay with things not rapidly ascending to the top and you know it's going to take some time and i understand that and uh you got to have thick skin like i cannot tell you how many emails people have not answered me on and if you let every single email that doesn't go answered bother you good luck, right? Like if, if you let every text that someone doesn't answer you on bother you again, good luck to you. Like you have to be able to brush off the people that, you know, that, that just, you know, for whatever reason, aren't in a position to help you out at that moment. Right. So we do a lot of trials with next level. Like I, I want to get the device into a PT clinic so that they can use it on themselves and their patients so that they feel comfortable with the device and then they consider purchasing it. And so that's been really helpful for us. But oh my God, how many clinics have not wanted to do a trial? And I'm like emailing and they don't want to, they don't answer. And then you do a follow-up email, they don't answer. NFL teams, no answer. NBA teams, no answer. But you know, if you shoot a hundred shots and, and two or three of them stick, you know, all of a sudden, you know, the device currently is being trialed with four NFL teams. We have two more starting up this coming month as training camp starts to um, starts to begin. And then, uh, you know, it, the device is being used in the NBA. It's with an, an NHL team. You know, all these things happen because of just persistence and not, I mean, certainly I care when someone doesn't answer my email or my text, but you have to be strong enough to, to brush it off and, and you know, just keep moving forward. Like, no one thing can sink my ship is the way I think about it. Right. So no one email, no one stupid thing that I say, no one problem with the design is going to sink the ship. Right. So you just got to keep marching forward and understand that it's all learning and it's all a process. And uh, <laughs> I have one mentor who says, 
any failure in sales or marketing is just market research. There's nothing wrong with you. You didn't do anything wrong. You're just learning. It's just market research. I like that a lot. No, like that's something that I feel like, like growing up, my parents, like if you never ask somebody or if you have something you want to know or, or want to learn and you never ask, you already have that. No, like if you'd never done it, you're going to have that. No, regardless. So at least like shoot your shot, try that out. Cause you, you said you've got those opportunities and yeah, I'm sure there's been countless times where you haven't, but it's paid off. And I think that that re- resiliency is something that's so important and so vital in becoming kind of an entrepreneur in an inventor, those things that you can't be just, oh, like this thing got hard finally, I'm gonna give up. Like there's times right now, like like even like when I like podcasts, like I haven't like worried about like the monetization or anything of that, but just like creating a, a good following stuff. And I'll go and I'll be able to create like a super cool podcast and I and I share it with everybody and all of a sudden like I, I release it and there's only like a couple people that listen to it the first day. And I get like, sometimes I can be like, Oh man, maybe it wasn't like, I thought this was going to be such a great interview and such a great podcast. And then all of a sudden, like a couple of days later or a week later, it just takes off because I'm guessing somebody should listen to it and shared with all their friends. And like, if I get so caught up into the nitty gritty of like each little single thing that happens that could totally weigh me down and get me down. But knowing long-term what your goal is and that you're willing to get there and that it's going to be hopefully going to be a continually growing process, but you could have ups and downs kind of to out, like throughout getting to that point. That's what it's been really helpful for me in keeping that mindset. So thank you for sharing that. Um, Are are there any other things that you'd say that you learned that you'd wish you'd learned sooner that you like realized like, man, I learned this and this has really just been a game changer for me. And I wish I'd learned this sooner, but I mean, maybe the experience was essential, maybe something that you could help future people, future entrepreneurs and PT see and have that stepping stone already in place. Oh, man, again, there's just so many ways to go with it. Um, one thing is that you really need to be able to brush things off. Like, so, you know, something's going to happen and you cannot take it personally. Right. So when, when, again, to go back to the email thing, if someone doesn't answer my email, it's not because I did anything wrong, right? Like I'm, I am perfectly uh, willing and able and allowed to send an email to somebody. And if they don't answer my email, it is not a reflection of me necessarily. That is more a reflection of them. Like, you know, maybe their family is going through some illness or maybe there's some hardship going on. Like there's no reason to, to make yourself feel bad if someone doesn't answer your email or your text or your phone call or whatever, because it is not a reflection of you. It's a reflection more so of them. And so, you know, you, you have to be able to brush things off and not take things personally. Uh, that's something I remind myself of every day. And I don't mean to say like, I'm up on this ivory tower looking down on people who don't care. You know, like <laughs> this is a practice for me at all times, right? So I am constantly evolving and improving the thickness of my skin, the calluses of my mind, and, uh, you know, just getting better and better at, um, understanding the purpose of my, my, my communication attempts and, you know, just brushing it off if it doesn't work out. Other things I've learned. Um, so just, to, just for anybody who's hoping to invent something, uh, there, there's a process that you need to go through. And then the first process is the first step in the process is, you know, is there already prior art on your invention, right? Does somebody already invent this? And they're going to come after you if, if you also invent this thing, right? So you need to check if there's prior art. 
And you can do that for free. Lawyers may try to take thousands of dollars from you to do a prior art search, but you know, you probably can avoid that uh, just by you know, using the old Dr. Google. And so you, know, you have that. And then the next stage is if you feel like you're cleared, you move on and then you start prototyping. You know, prototyping is, it doesn't need to look good. Like all you have to do is, is prove your concept, right? So what's your idea and what is the cheapest way that you can make it a reality? Right. So the skateboard was so cheap. I already owned it. That was all I had to do. And so, you know, you, you, you prototype in that way. You keep things as cheap as possible. Don't spend money on anything you don't have to. Uh, I remember the first couple purchases. I was like, oh, my God, am I really about to spend my own hard earned money on this stupid idea? And now I'm like, <laughs> it's funny. I don't I don't pay. I don't buy anything for myself, my person, Scott. Like, I, I don't. I mean, you can ask, I, I have the same pair of jeans. There's a stupid hole in them. They're, they're too skinny on me now. I have, you know, five polos that I wear through a cycle Monday to Friday at work. My shoes, God, they could definitely use some updating. Like I don't spend any money on myself, but I am so willing to throw money at next level. It's stupid. Like it's almost a bad thing. Like I was like excited to buy this 3d printer downstairs in my basement. That's going right now. Like it, you know, you, you have to be willing to throw some money at, at, the, at the goal. And it's definitely going to feel very weird early on because you've never put money towards something like that before, or at least for me. So I, I guess I, I am very willing to, to withhold money for my person and push money towards the business. So I, I guess that's an important thing. I, I'm sure other people can do it in other ways, but uh, that's how I've learned to save money. And, you know, <laughs> You have to abandon the ego. Like I, you know, I try to be very open that I, I live with my parents. Uh, this is not a glamorous life. And, uh, you know, I, I'd love to move out at some point, but it's not the right step in the process. You know, I, I have to get next level up to a point where, you know, we just launched yesterday. And so I need to have enough income that I can move out of my parents' house. I can pay for rent and I can still support the business. Right. So, so that's another thing, you know, you have to let the ego go and, do whatever is necessary for the business or for the product or for your podcast or whatever it is. And you just need to let that, uh, all the, the ego stuff, like I still, to this day, like I'm embarrassed a little bit every time I tell a patient of mine that I live with my parents, but you know, you just, you just got to do it. And, uh, you remember to yourself why you're doing it and you just reinforce yourself every step of the way. And a lot of people aren't going to understand what you're doing and that's perfectly fine. You know, yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing. I feel like a lot of those are just good, solid nuggets of wisdom in becoming an entrepreneur and an inventor and PT. So thank you for that. Um, I just kind of wanted to know, do you have any other future entrepreneurial goals in PT? Is Are there any other ideas that you have? Or are you just kind of right now really focused on the next level device? Like, yeah, what are some of your goals? Yeah, it's a it's a heck of a question. It's something I ask myself every day. Um, like I said, I'm an ideas guy. The ideas. There's no problem there. Like they're always coming in, but it's the execution. So now I'm like, all right, what am I going to focus on? And right now, like you said, it is all next level, baby. That is the only thing in my life. Like I don't have a girlfriend. I don't even get to hang out with my friends that much anymore. My diet is stupid because I just eat the same thing every day because it's the fastest, right? Like <laughs> it, that next level is, is everything for me right now. So yeah, I have ideas, more things to come for sure. Uh, not comfortable sharing them yet because like I said, there's all these ideas and, you know, 95% of them are probably stupid, but, uh, 
you know, you just got to find one that works and, and go with it. And right now I'm, I'm going with my, uh, with my ACE, the next level device. There we go. Yeah. No, I, I like watching Shark Tank and that's something that like everyone says, like they had so many like, ideas, maybe on like, the specific thing that they're selling there or like whatever they had, like, but they kept trying and, and failure is part of the process and to under, and to understand and be comfortable with it. But then eventually you find one and you run with it. And some of the people obviously are super successful on there. So yeah, I love that a lot. Um, I kind of wanted to know for those that are interested in learning more about next level device, what are some of the resources and things that they can do to be able to learn more if they're interested in, in finding out what the next level device is all about and how they can get a hold of it? Yeah, for sure. Um, the most educational platform would be our YouTube channel. And so I've put a lot of effort into putting out online demos where I'll, I'll walk a patient through each exercise and, and talk a PT or a chiropractor through every step of my thought process and, you know, each exercise, the things to look for, the common faults, all that stuff. And so those are on the YouTube channel. Those would be called the, uh, the patient demonstrations. And then I break up each exercise and those have their own video on YouTube as well. And, uh, and then, you know, also on the YouTube channel, something I'm really proud of is all of our testimonial videos. So in the last six months, it's been a great time for me because uh, like you, I interview people and I, I, I just, I get their thoughts on the next level device, why they thought it was a good product for them. And it's just remarkable having an idea that came out of your head and all of a sudden it's helping people. And, you know, you're saying that this changed my life. It's just like, oh my God, this is so crazy. Like someone pinched me. And so those are all on the YouTube channel, the, the patient testimonials, and then also PT testimonials. So physical therapists who use it every day in their clinics, um, they've talked about the device. You can find that on YouTube as well. And then Instagram, we're going to be putting up a lot of content. Uh, like I said, this just launched yesterday. So Instagram is going to have a lot of content on there. I'll be posting educational stuff there from time to time. And nextlevel.com, N-E-C-K-S-L-E-V-E-L.com. Uh, we have tutorials on there as well, as well as my blog. So I'm going to be posting uh, blogs about, you know, how I came up with the device, more stuff on that. You know, like I said, I'm going to make eventually, I'm going to make a, a blog post of all the different prototypes and, you, you know, cover your eyes. Those things were ugly, but there's also going to be educational uh, blogs on there. So me talking through how I think about progressing uh, uh, people through the next level device, if they have neck pain, specific injuries, all that stuff can be found on, on nextlevel.com. And then most importantly, I love to connect with PTs and patients like that. That is such a motivator for me. Like if people reach out to me, it truly makes my day to hear that, you know, this device is having an impact. So please email me, Scott, S-C-O-T-T at nextlevel.com. So yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much, Scott. Honestly, that was a super great podcast right there. I love being able to learn all of the different avenues that were that you explored, the whole process of being able to create something that came just from an idea that you said and really to where now you're able to bring it to market, help people and you're seeing that impact that that idea has brought to people's lives. That's I think what we're all about in PT is being able to impact people's lives to create a better quality of life for them. And so for you to have that idea and now that it's been paying off in people's lives already, I'm sure it's such a gratifying and, and, and great feeling to have. A hundred percent. Yeah, man. And I commend you for what you're doing. If you guys don't realize what JT is putting himself through, he is the host of a podcast in the middle of graduate school uh, for physical therapy. That is not an easy task. And like I already said, like I failed at that task during PT school. So much props to you for, for your efforts. 
Thank you so much. Yeah, no, it's been it's been a pleasure and it's a great opportunity to be able to meet people like you and, and share your story with everybody. I, I wish you the best of success. And yeah, I'm really excited to see me bring you back onto the podcast in the, in the future episode and see how the success and everything that you've been growing and, and progressing in. Thanks again. Yeah, thank you. We'll see what happens. Buckle up. All right. Thanks. Have a good one, Scott. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the podcast. I hope you liked that episode. If you did, make sure to subscribe and also leave a review. Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next time.